everyone. Welcome back to the Whoa That's Good podcast. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Y'all, we have a treat for y'all today. This is so exciting. I have Dr. Henry Cloud who's going to be joining us on the podcast today. If you don't know who Henry Cloud is, you, you're definitely living under a rock. You definitely know his books. He's written over 46 books, if I have that right, including the iconic Boundaries book, which was actually super huge in my life, and his new book, which I'm going to get him to hold up in just a minute because I took the cover off mine because I was reading it so intently in the cover. I was like, I got to get this off so I can just keep flipping through the pages, but it's called Trust, and it is so, so good. We all could use a lesson in trust because it's so important for our lives. So uh, Dr. Henry Cloud, welcome to the Well That's Good podcast. Please hold up your lovely new new book. We are so excited to have you on and talk about it. There it is. There it is. There it is. Well, thank you for taking the time to be on this podcast. It's good to be with you. Can't Uh, wait to hear all the incredible things you have to say. I'm taking notes. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? I think that's a reverse thing. I'm going to be taking your notes. I got my pen ready. There have been several times I've been interviewing people and I forget I'm the interviewer because I'm like, gosh, this is so good. I'm taking it in. And I know that this is going to be one of those episodes. Um, But I was telling him right before he got on that when I was about 20 years old, I went to counseling for the first time. I had been in a um, interesting relationship dynamic uh, with someone that I didn't know. Oh, really... that's a good word. I like that. I like that. It's an interesting, <laughs> interesting dynamic. Interesting yeah. dynamic. That's good. Yes. That's good. It was, um, it was interesting. And I didn't really realize how unhealthy it had gotten until a couple of my friends had kind of called it out. And then I realized, whoa, like I, this is really unhealthy. And I decided to go to counseling because I didn't really know what to do with all of this, um, you know, all of this weight that it honestly felt like had just all of a sudden dropped and, and had been there for a while, but just confusing things. So I went to counseling and first thing my counselor did was she recommended the book Boundaries. And I went home and read it, listened to the audio tape of it. And it was just a tremendous help in my life and helped me just really start to get out of that relationship in a a proper way. And I'm so thankful for that. When I look back at that season of my life, that was interesting. Um, I'm so thankful for just some of those things that you wrote in that book that helped me get out of it. And so thank you for writing that book. Um, I want to talk for a second about that book because I think it is so important for people to read. And you were just telling me about your daughters trying to get them to read the Boundaries and Dating (laughs) book. And that was pretty hilarious. So tell me about your daughters. And then also just for a lot of people who are young listening to this podcast, just the importance of setting those boundaries <laughs> well when you're a psychologist and you have daughters that turn teenagers everybody's kind of sticking it to oh i got teenage daughters now let's see how you do with that you know and so one, one thing that they would always say to me when they got to be you know that age they said oh so you got teenage daughters dating now you gotta <laughs> tell them to read boundaries in dating and i said you know my daughters are so i said but here's what i did do. i gave me each a copy and I said, look, you don't have to read this. I just want you to hold it between your knees till you're 30. And you <laughs> will it. you will avoid so many problems you won't believe. <laughs> 
It's true. It's true. Hey, that's a good boundary right there. That made me laugh. But on a serious note, I mean, people who are young don't always think to read books like boundaries. But I think, you know, for some people like me at just 20 years old, I had already been in relationships that had caused me to get to the point where I realized I really need to set some boundaries. And it was kind of to the point where I was already really hurt and it was a hurtful situation. Um, But for some people, they haven't been in those types of relationships. But how important is it even to read stuff like that to prevent walking into situations where you get in and all of a sudden the boundaries just get way crossed? Oh, wow. You, you know, you said something really, really um, profound, actually. You said you had this big weight was on you. You know, it sort of fell in that moment. But then you said, I realized I had been carrying for a while. And sometimes when people don't have good boundaries, or like we'll talk about today, kind of trusted the wrong person because there's some things you didn't see. It's kind of like a tooth, you know? A cavity starts, and it's not enough to yeah. I'll chew on the other side of my mouth. You know, I'll I'll take care of it later. But but it it just takes up more and more of your heart and soul, and it gets weightier. And then at one point, somebody says, "I got to do something about this. You know, this is this is hurting more than it should." And that's certainly a big time to do it. But to your point. You know, if we all look back at our lives, what if we had set those boundaries early and hadn't gone down a certain road with a certain person? You know, that's a big deal about what the trust book is about. That that you, if you look back, wouldn't you like to kind of replay things and have done it differently? Well, that's prevention, like you're saying, is a big part of this. It's good. I'm so excited to talk about the whole trust um, book and the whole idea. And I have so many questions on it because I do think that you're right. The boundaries conversation and the trust conversation really does bleed and go hand in hand. And so I'm excited to talk about that. Before, Well, you know, it's true because once you start, sometimes you feel something in a relationship or there's a betrayal or is this a felony or a misdemeanor? You know, do I go forward or do I not? Well, at that moment, usually some boundaries are going to be required. So they they do very much intertwine with each other. You just said something, though, in that that already made me start asking my own questions. You know, I'll, I'll write these questions and, you know, it has to do with stuff I've learned from the book and stuff. But then, you know, you get into the conversation and someone says something, and you're like, okay, hold on, we're going a different direction real fast. Because you said a lot of it has to do with, like, Maybe you trusted the wrong person. And I think that, you know, sometimes in life, it's really obvious who the wrong people are. And sometimes it's not obvious who the wrong people are. And um, I think, you know, that's the hard part. And some of the wrong people are really good at kind of, yes, you know, charming you into thinking they're the right people. Oh, yeah. Been there several times in my life. This is why this has led me to your books. Um, but I love how you, you talk about in the book, there's this question that we are wired to ask ourselves: is it safe? Well, I'm a person yeah. who, and I want to get to that, but I'm a person who is like typically a little bit more fearful, have, I have struggled with anxiety in the past. And so I'm always asking the question, is this safe? But then what I've found is it's the people that I've ended up in relationship with that have ended up 
you know, having some hurtful things. I didn't ask that question because for some reason they just actually seemed really safe. Um, and I think that some people that's like in church scenarios, people do that in. And for me, it was kind of a church situation. Um, maybe it's someone who is really charming and it just, they seem really awesome. And so is it always important to ask yourself that question or is that, and is that question always something that comes up? Um, or do some case scenarios, you know, you just say, oh, this is safe. Because what I've found is I should have always asked that question. And maybe I did internally, but I just quickly answered it without actually going through the right steps to realize if it was safe or not. Spring is a great time to start something new, right? So whether it's cleaning or a new hobby or a new audiobook, a good story is always a great way to start a new journey and Audible has all that you need. I come from a family of great storytellers, so I know Audible is the home of storytelling, which is where I want to be. Audible lets you enjoy all your favorite audio entertainment together in one app. There's always something new to discover or you can rediscover some of your old favorites. Audible has an incredible selection of audiobooks from every genre like bestseller, new releases, memoirs, mysteries, and thrillers, business, and more. It is the destination for mind-blowing entertainment with selections of mystery and thrillers that will keep your heart racing. And with next listen recommendations, there's always something irresistible at your fingertips. Plus, members get full access to a huge and growing selection of included audiobooks and audible originals and even podcasts like, well, that's good. So you can download them or stream them anytime, anywhere. Audible members can also pick one title each month to keep from the entire catalog, which is some serious benefits, y'all. The newly included selection of titles makes your Audible membership even more valuable and gives you the chance to discover your next favorite thing. With thousands of titles available, you're definitely going to find something that you love all in one convenient app. So I know some of you are into, you know, thrillers, crime, mystery. And I got to be honest, that's not really been my thing. So I told Bella, okay, Bella, tell me what I could like listen to that wouldn't scare me, but I would like be into it. And she told me about this title called The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. And so I started it and John Luke loved it too. And so I'm just now on the cusp of it. And y'all, let me tell you, it is very entertaining. You do want to listen to see what happened next. So if y'all are into that, Audible is a great place to find those too. New members can try Audible now for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash Woe or just text Woe to 500 500. That's audible, A U D I B L E dot com slash Woe or text Woe to 500 500 to try Audible for free for 30 days. Y'all, I love summertime. It is my favorite season and I'm so excited to jump back in. We are approaching the best time of the year. But no matter what your summer looks like, KiwiCo invites kids and kids at heart to enjoy their first summer adventure series. Kids can receive six hands-on science and art project kits over six weeks, no matter what their age is, with enriching activities that accompany each project. KiwiCo has something for everyone with different topics for each age from space to dinosaurs and so much more. I am so excited about the summer series. We actually are getting this little driver that I know Haven is going to love because it's a little steering wheel and she loves anything active and also a little like neighborhood fun one where they have a water paint thing, which is so good because it's not going to make a mess and Honey is so into painting right now. And painting with a three-year-old, 
yeah, that's just hard. So I'm excited for the Nomads. KiwiCo offers kids a chance to get outside and explore screen-free with projects like the Bottle Rocket Kit from the Summer Adventure Series. They can turn the outdoors into a playground of learning and fun. Every Summer Adventure Series with KiwiCo is a personalized experience that includes real engineering, science, and art projects. And you'll be impressed with how high quality all the materials are. Everything we've gotten from KiwiCo has been absolutely amazing and such high quality. I know sometimes it can be hard to find creative, engaging ways to keep your kids away from the screens and just having fun, but KiwiCo does the legwork for you so you can focus on spending fun and quality time tackling projects together. The KiwiCo Summer Adventure Series is personalized to your family and can be received all at once or weekly for six weeks, depending on your schedule. If you like it all at once, that's great, or space it out a little bit. Build the best summer ever with KiwiCo. Get 20% off your summer adventure series at kiwico.com slash Sadie Rob Summer. That's 20% off your summer adventure at kiwico, K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash Sadie Rob Summer. That's a really important thing you're pointing out. You know, our whole system that's why, you know, for the last, what, hour, many minutes, you've been breathing, Right. And you hadn't thought about it. Well, the reason is your system is wired at the millisecond of every day to ask the question, is it safe? And so your your system has told you they are safe. You just keep breathing. You don't think about it until you smell a fume. And then all of a sudden you go, you know, what's that? Well, <clears throat> we have to ask the question, is it safe in relationships? And you, you bring up a good point. Sometimes... We automatically check that off because they're a friend of somebody that I know and they really trust them. Or I met them at church or, you know, they got a good job or, you know, they, they come from a good community or family or whatever. And so we kind of check off a box real quickly. But the other problem with that is sometimes, and in the book I talk about five things you got to check out. And sometimes a couple of them look really good and we'll hit go then. But we're really not asking the question for the context that I am choosing to take the next step of trust with this person. They might have been safe for one context or good in some way, trustworthy, but are they good for the next step? You know, we're friends that do our hire. You know, we're, I know them pretty well, but do you date them? You know, there's a lot of people that qualify as good boyfriends, but they're not good husbands. And so, it's really trust. When you get into your heart, you get into your wallet, you get into the significant aspects of your life, you got to ask, is this person going to be able to deliver in all the ways I need them to, to, to deliver in the context I'm choosing? So it's a big question. It's good. So I love the five different questions. I mean, you probably, you probably, you look back at some past, past boyfriends, it might have been, Great, but <clears throat> they weren't husband material. Yeah. No, it's so true. It's so true that you can trust people in one scenario, but not for every scenario. And I think that's a good thing to point out because, yes, um, I definitely have been in situations like that where even a good friend, but not a good boyfriend even, you know, it's like, oh, we'll you were a great friend. But when we started dating, my gosh, that was not <laughs> something that needed to happen. And so, um, yeah, you're <laughs> absolutely right. Um, I love the five questions that you put in or just the five things to look for 
or in people. Um, I wrote them down, understanding, motive, ability, character, and track record. And obviously he breaks this down in his book to get fully understand with that. But I thought this is so good. And you even wrote about how like this is going to be a manual for people to go back and look at in life. And I was thinking yeah. about that just even just with relationships that I have, oh man, this is such a good tool to use as I think through this. And you use the example of, you know, you finding a doctor that was right to do your knee replacement and kind of going through this. And I love how like you give yourself the space to ask these questions. And I think that sometimes like, at least for me, I almost have felt guilty at times for like taking the time to evaluate if I trust someone because it makes me look like an un... like. Like I'm not very um, trusting of people. Yeah, like I'm judgmental or I don't want to be like that. And so then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm being overdramatic or ridiculous. But can you speak to just the person that might feel like that, who feels that maybe they feel guilty in a way. It's like, oh, well, I'm being judgmental. And so, you know, I'm giving myself too much time. They don't think I'm trusting. And maybe the other people's even, the other person's even saying to them, just trust me, just trust me. How important is it that we do allow ourselves the space to ask ourselves these five things or even just a space to evaluate the five things. Think about the space you allow yourself between when the doorbell rings and you first hear it and you actually open the door. I mean, you, you take space to go down there and you look through the window and who is this? Have I ever seen them before? Are they, you know, do they have credentials? Are they carrying a gun? I mean, what, yeah. you know, we always need to take space, and then you kind of check it out. You talk to them, and maybe, oh, yeah, you're my neighbor. Oh, yeah, come on in. And so there's a process in, in trusting people. And you should never feel guilty about asking the question, is it okay to go the next step? Is it okay to even, somebody's asking you for information. Like, you know, you're out to dinner with somebody, with a group, or they're, they're wanting to know something about this and the other. You know, you know what? That's, that's not really something I feel comfortable sharing right now. Talk about it another time. I mean, space is always really, really important to take the next step. And the other thing is a lot of times, to your point about feeling guilt, you know, we'll say, well, this, is a, this person is really honest and they would never lie to me. I trust them. Well, you trust them to not lie to you. But that's different than trusting them in the way that you're going to have to trust. Yeah. And so that's where we need to start to check off the boxes. You know, just take the first one, which is, does this person understand me? And, you know, we trust somebody when we feel like this person gets me. They know what hurts me. They know what I like. They know what I don't like. They know what I'm afraid of. And they're only going to get that. How are they going to ever get that unless they're really listening to me? You know, they're just not talking. So let's say, you know, a lot of your, your, your listeners and viewers are, are single and they go out on a date and, you know, maybe a couple of dates. And they really, this person is so cool. They're so charming and fine. This, that, and the other. But if you had just taken the first box and ask yourself the question, wait a minute, how much did they ask about me? You know, it seemed like we just talked about them their whole time, all of this. And you, you walk away, and if you really checked in, you kind of feel it unknown, mm-hmm. you know. But so many other things are sizzly, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks good. 
But people need to ask these questions. Yeah. Because you might be with a really self-centered person. Yeah. Gosh, that's so good. I mean, uh, I really wanted to ask that question and the answer is perfect because I feel like um, I went through hiring someone recently who is going to do a lot of work at our house and help out with um, our kids. Oh, I'll say kids because I'm about to have my second. And, you know, that's like, yes, thank you. And that's like a really big deal. I mean, especially like if someone's going to watch your kid or be in your house, like you want to make sure you really trust them. And so it took me like a long time and a long process of interviewing and uh, calling people who knew her and references and all these different things. And um, good for you. And I, yeah, it was like, I want to make sure like this is a good fit, you know? And then finally, you know, we kind of are almost there to, we, we had a couple of test days and all the things. And I mean, I know she was feeling that I was really dragging this out and I was. And then finally it was like the last thing. And I said, Hey, um, last thing, um, if it would be okay, I would love for my husband to get to go have lunch with your husband. And she goes, she said, okay. And then she goes, man, you're really trying to make sure we're not crazy. Aren't you? And I said, yeah, I I kind of laughed, but I was like, actually, yes. I was like, I that's my responsibility to make sure that who comes in our home is safe, you know? And um, I just told her and I said, to be honest, you know, I come from um, a background where we have a large following and I have seen crazy. And so I really have to make sure that this is, you know, appropriate and everything. And, and it was good because I, I gave her a little understanding as to why, you know, I do take a lot of time and she understood and her and uh, my, our husbands had lunch and it was great. And then we hired her. That was like, okay, good. And then I had to shift though. And you're right though, because crazy can get in the door sometimes not from the person, but who they're connected to. Oh, so true. Yeah. Like even in the dating world, it, do you know they're friends? Yeah. You know, because you, you're going to learn a lot. Oh. You see who they're connected to or, you know, crazy gets in the door in a lot of different ways. So yeah, you, you said something else that's really important. I want people to hear. You said that when you were requiring these, she said, wow, you're really going to, but you said, but she was okay with that. Mm-hmm. All right, now how many times in a relationship somebody say, you know, I noted you said you were going to be over at so-and-so's, but, but you know, I was running the store and I saw you going, where, where, and, and the immediate response is, what, you don't trust me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I did until you said that. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because your person was open Oh, I'm sorry. Look that way. Yeah. No, I was down, you know, and they don't mind being questioned because they care about you feeling okay. Yeah. But that, what are you questioning my integrity? Well, yeah, I am. And none of us is above being questioned. And we ought to welcome them. When somebody gives me that response, big red flag. That's that's so true. It's a narcissistic entitlement. Yeah. That I'm entitled to your trust. No, trust is earned. Wow. So it's a really good 13 year old response, but it, you know, much Gosh. older than that. Would that be is so 
good. I'm so glad you said that. I I think that is going to help a lot of people because, yeah, you're not entitled to that trust. I'll tell you a funny story because I know our listeners will think this is hilarious and I don't think I've ever told this um, story before, but I was dating this guy and it was pretty brief um, because of this reason that I'm about to share, but he um, was, you know, a pretty popular person and, um, you know, we both were known. And so uh, you got to be careful because, you know, a lot of people be taking your picture and all this stuff, keep you accountable. And so we were texting one night and he told me that he was at home and he was studying or whatever. And then later I get tagged on these pictures on Instagram because people knew we were dating of him at a club with these girls. And I see this picture and I realize that it's tonight. And then I see other pictures pop up on his tagged pictures. You know, people took pictures of them. So I like texted. I was like, I thought you were, you know, studying. And I see these pictures. And he calls me. And the first thing he says was he goes, pumpkin wumpkin. That's literally what he said. He doesn't even call me pumpkin wumpkin, but that is what came out of his mouth. And oh yeah, big red flag. And he like after he said pumpkin wumpkin, he uh, something along the lines of you got to tr- do you trust me like whatever it was. And then my phone died and I remember being with my mom and being like he just literally called me pumpkin wumpkin and my phone died i just think i should never call him back i don't think i'm gonna plug my phone in i'm not plugging it in the phone will remain dead forever this is just gonna be the end of this relationship and of course i did plug in my phone and ended up i i think i i want to say that was the night we broke up i can't really remember exactly but i remember even now i'm married to an awesome, trustworthy person. But one day he called me pumpkin spice and I was like, no, we're going to ditch the pumpkin. The pumpkin can never (laughs) come, the pumpkin can never come back. But it's true. It's like, you said, yeah, I might be a pumpkin, but you're looking a lot like a jack-o'-lantern. It's what you like. (laughs) Right. That's how I feel. I was like, no. So anyways, it is true though. When people like, you know, you question them or whatever and they start getting defensive and it's like, well, you are, actually not where you said you were so there's a reason why i would be frustrated and there's a reason why the trust at this moment is broken and i feel like you know that that was really cool that she did welcome that in and i actually thought that was a cool response too that she's like i understand like you're just trying to make sure we're not crazy and i said yeah i mean that is true and then she was like okay yeah like i would i'll ask my husband that would be great and that was the thing because i i i feel the same way um, that I've noticed just sometimes it's not the person that you're with that invites crazy in, but it's the people that they're around. And I think that that's, that's right. that trust and those boundaries come into play because even hiring her and letting her into my home, that doesn't mean I let, you know, my daughter go to to everybody else's home with her. You know, it's like I still have to protect that that space and those people. And so I do think like if you are listening to this and you have not read Boundaries, I encourage you to read both of these books because so much of it does intertwine. And, and the reason why I do take these things seriously is because I have been hurt by these things. It's because I have seen when boundaries get out of place. I have seen broken trust. And, and for me, I had been in a time of my life, and I think I want you to speak to this a little bit, where I did not trust people. I was not trusting of people. And that was really prohibiting in my life because I wasn't making friends and I love friends and I love having friends and I wasn't. And so there had to be a shift in me, even with hiring this person as an example. Yes, I can question, I can do this. But then when I decided to trust her, I needed to trust her, you know, and start a relationship with her. And, um, 
you know, it's the same well, you thing know, with friendship. You talked about two things that really go together is, you know, you said, okay, it struggles with anxiety, right? So when, when someone has anxiety, that their whole system is a little bit hypervigilant, you know, like, is this person going to, am I going to be anxious if I go to that party or go do this or take that next step or leave the house or whatever it is. And this is why having a little checklist can actually be a tool with anxiety because it can, it can give you a little safe lane to take the next step. If I know, if I know all these things are there and one of the things about, you know, dealing with anxiety and getting over anxiety is you got to take it out of this big subjective, everything is scary, you know, kind of map to being able to objectively say everything might be scary, but this little step I can take because anxiety has always got a component of the cure in taking little baby steps where we felt like, you know, it wasn't safe. It's good. And the, the thing about trust is it's a, it's like a coin, you know, there's heads and tails to it and our trust muscle is not perfect. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have false positives. We're going to trust somebody when they, we shouldn't. But on the other side, to your point, we're going to not trust and not let go when sometimes we really should, because that's the only way to be free. It's good. You know, and, and to scale your life. I mean, if you hired somebody to watch your kid and you can't, and they are trustworthy and you can't let go, well, you're going to be a helicopter mom to the nanny who's watching. I mean, yeah. And now you can't go off and do what you needed to do. That's right. When you could be free. That's right. It's so good. I mean, it's so true. And I've seen it in so many different scenarios in my life. Um, for instance, and maybe you can speak to this, just people's trust who have been broken. And then whenever um, they're in a new relationship, like how do you get past the past, I guess? Because for me, so when I started dating my husband now, um, I really tried to go in like, you know, trusting and uh, just a new person because I was a new person by the time we started dating as far as who I was in past relationships because my life with God had changed me, you know, and so I wasn't as jealous as I used to be. I wasn't controlling like God had renewed so much in me that I was stepping into this as a healthy person and we had a really healthy dating life and this one night uh, it was we were I think just engaged and um I, he, you know, he was at his house or whatever and with his family. And I saw um, by my friends that his location was like at this, um, at like Bonefish Girl, something like so, it wasn't anything bad. It was like Bonefish Girl. But for me, like it literally made me like get so anxious and I got so upset with him that he didn't tell me that he went to Bonefish Grill. And he was like, why are you so upset about this? I was like, because you didn't tell me because I thought you were home, all this stuff. Well, you know, later it kind of comes out that I told him, I said, well, I was in a relationship and I've shared a little bit, um, just one example of where a guy did tell me he was home and turns out he was at the club and girls are taking pictures with him. So when I see Bonefish Girl, when I thought it was the house, it didn't matter what it is, it wasn't the house, you know? And right. um, I overreacted though and I put on him 
what I like my hurt that I experienced from past relationships. And so for people who have had genuine reasons for like trust to be broken in their life, um, you, you even tell a story about a guy in an airplane that you saw. Maybe you can tell a little bit about that. But how do you work past those broken trust moments to step into new relationships in freedom and not putting on them what someone else did to you? Well, it's a good question. And there's, you know, I'm glad you make the distinction between, you know, past relationships and a new relationship. Because what we, what we all do is we make maps of the world, right? That's how you get to the refrigerator. <laughs> you made a map of how to get there and you walk there and not think about it. But sometimes if, if you've had experiences in your map of the world are, you know, men are like this or women are like this, bosses are like this or churches are like this, well, that map is going to, you know, cause you to hit pause or to not, not trust. But then you might be with the best guy in the world. But your map is saying, no, you know, are always questioning you. So that's a different scenario than when you're in a relationship and then there's a breach of trust that's real. So you take the first one first. And, I, you know, it's really, really important. I think it's going to be a significant relationship. You know, you're dating somebody and we're kind of headed down. Maybe we're going to be a thing. Like, I wouldn't want to see you if, um, if I had been talking to y'all there and that caused a riff and y'all come here and say, well, she doesn't trust me, you know. And you're going, well, you know, I... What I would want to do is, look, trust is a relationship. So this is a problem, okay? She's a little hypervigilant. You know, she's questioning everything, and you don't want to be questioned on everything. You want her to trust you. But she's also got some reasons for that. So I want you guys to become trust-building partners, right? And you're each going to play a role in that. And so... You're going to tell him, okay, now, you know, you don't have an issue with trust and, and I need you to help me. Okay. And then you're going to tell him, you know, this kind of thing, me, help me with this. And he's not going to be defensive. You go, yeah, 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 I know, you know, and here's, here's what happened. And what will make you feel better. What would you like for me to do? And when you start to, to work with each other, then that's a big deal if you feel like somebody's your partner in helping you get over it instead of paddling about that, pumping heads against mm-hmm. that all the time. That's a really, really important, you know, aspect of this. And that's why, you know, you take the little checklist of the five things that it and you start to ask each other, well, what do you need in this area for me to feel safe? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you need in this area? And and then it gets it gets very specific, you know. Fear and anxiety comes out of the part of our brain that's global. So we're, you know, subjective. Oh, it's all bad. Yeah. Mm. But it's, it's never all bad. I mean, unless you're going into war. Yeah, the guys on, that are shooting at you, they're all bad. But when we're in the war of life, there's good guys that back us. And we need the good guys to help us. And so fear is going to be gotten over by having some objectable steps to kind of help you take the next step. It's great. Such good advice. Um, I love how you mentioned earlier that, you know, we feel safe when we feel understood. And one thing that is really cool for me whenever I read that in the book was 
that there are two moments in my relationship with the Lord over the past few years that I felt like brought me to a deeper place of faith. And both of those moments were in times where I was, you know, talking to God about something that I was frustrated with. And as I'm talking to him about my frustration, I realized he went through the same thing when he walked the earth. You know, like one of the things was I felt betrayed by a friend and I and I just was talking to God about it. And I was upset. And then I just felt like the Lord kind of in response to that said, and I didn't hear it audibly, just felt it said in my heart that he said, I understand. And I immediately thought about Peter, you know, his best friend who then, you know, <laughs> denied that he even knew him. And then I thought about Trying. Judas to so the next level that really betrayed him to the point of death. And and when I felt the Lord say, I understand, like I've been there, I get it. I felt that feeling that you're feeling. It changed everything for me. Like I just was, I felt so loved in that moment, so understood in that moment. I was like, man, my God has gone through this. He empathizes with my pain in this moment. And then another time, um, a couple years after that, this was actually more recent, and we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, but my daughter went through a really scary uh, health thing last year, and she ended up being in the hospital. It was really, really scary, and I just uh, was crying out to God and just, you know, being very real about the way that I felt about the situation. Uh, had a lot of questions for God about that situation, and I was kind of just questioning Him and mad and all this stuff, and I felt like in that moment, once again, God say, I understand. And even though I'd heard John 3.16 my entire life, I knew it backwards and forwards. I preached it on stages with passion, and I believed that verse. For the first time ever, I, I heard that verse in the context of, wow, God as a father gave his son for like to die on the cross for me. Like it all of a sudden just, I realized it for the first time and I felt so understood in my moment of fear that my child was about to go through some suffering and all this stuff. And so I say that to say like feeling understood by God even has made my relationship with God just go to the next level of a relationship. And I love how, um, you know, I've, I've heard you say this and I don't remember if it was in a sermon that I heard or if it was in the book, but you were talking about how, there's so many things that you'll hear in science that come out and you're like, oh, that's really good. Or somebody says it and you're like, that's really good. And then you're like, oh, wait, Proverbs says that, you know, or oh, wait, that's actually in the Bible. How many things do you feel like that you're teaching that you um, are teaching to other people that people have grabbed onto that really are rooted in scripture or that have come from your own relationship with God? You know, it's really interesting as a, you know, I'm a, social scientists, right? And But as a clinical psychologist, I get into a lot of the deeper science of you know, neuroanatomy and neurobiology and the way our brains work and all of that. And I, the more and more and more and more and more that I learned in real, in the real science of the way things actually work, it would have been, you know, years ago after going through a lot of training, had a lot of clinical experience. And I went back and read the Bible again with those eyes. Hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, everything that I'm earning, it's almost like the person that wrote the Bible understands the brain. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really, and, and you know, you know, get down to the specifics of it. Um, 
Like you go to Psalm 101. We're talking about trust. Go to Psalm 101. David says, there's certain kinds of people I'm not going to trust. I'm not going to have anything to do with. And he just lists all the personality disorders, basically. Narcissistic people, judgmental people, mm. people that can't keep a secret and gossip, people that lie to you, people that pervert things like twisted love, people that, you know, are not faithful. And then he flips over and he says, but the ones who do it, and he actually says the, the will of God, which mm. means that the desires of God, people that are compassionate and honest and, mm. and sacrificial and will serve the relationship. He says, those are the ones that I'm going to dwell with. Those are the ones that I'm going to hang out and they will minister to me. In other words, he knows he can't get by without trusting people, but he's going to choose care. Hmm. But then you get down to even more the specifics, like, like on the understanding thing, we can get into the other, you know, the rest of the list, but that's the big one. It, it's basically about hearing someone first before you start to talk them into anything. Well, what does a narcissist do? They gaslight. Well, mm. I felt that it doesn't hurt. What are you talking about? That's not a big deal. And they negate how you feel. Yep. Well, Proverbs says, he who responds, or he who gives an answer before he listens is a fool. And it's mm. a folly and a shame. You know, I was talking about that one day um, at a leadership event. The importance of listening first before you persuade. And this guy wants to to me, he says, you know, I'm the lead hostage negotiator for the FBI. Wow. Somebody's got a bomb strapped to him in a bank with 20 hostages. I'm the guy they send in. He said, we don't go in and start telling them, you know, dude, this is a, this is a bad idea. You don't want to do this. So we go in. He said, I get their name. I tell me your name. They get the name. And he says, so tell me how. How do we get here today? What's going on? And they just start to have the person feel like trying to understand you, where you're coming from. Not going to try to persuade you in anything. Not going to try to get you to put the bomb down right now. Not gonna, I just want to understand you. So what, mm. how, we, how we get here? What's going on? And, and so the science of this is fascinating. It's exactly what Proverbs says, that we have mirror neurons that start in infancy. You know, a baby calms down because they see and they feel like mom understands why they're crying, responded to them. You're wired neurologically. And what happens is when we feel somebody's empathy, their care first, even if they disagree, even if they disagree, our system begins to let go. And it begins to calm down and begins to open up. So the science that's embedded in these little verses in the Bible is exactly what that's it. Seems like the person that wrote wow. the Bible understands the brain wow. and the heart and how it works. That's the coolest Amazing. thing ever. That's so cool. I mean, I I don't know if you've already written a book like this, but your next book should be about how all the science and the scriptures align because that's really you know fascinating. What? I am actually writing that book right now. Are it's, you really? Um, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what it is. And you know, you always have a working title, and I got to find with publishers to stick with this title or not. But it's called "To My Friends." This. Stuff about God we never talked. 
Wow. And I'm writing it. I have so many friends that aren't, you know, they are people of faith and they don't never really looked into it or maybe they kind of whatever, but they know that I am. But for some reason, they're still my friend because I'm one of those crazy Christians, right? <laughs> and they all think we're all nuts. And I, go, I know you think it starts with, I know you think I'm one of those crazies, but you're still my friend. But we've never really talked about, I want you to know why I believe. Hmm. And part of it's my own story, the miracles that I've seen God do. But part of it is, you know, as a clinical psychologist, the more I studied everything from both dysfunction and how it's healed all the way to thriving and what makes people happy and thrive. It's like reading the Bible. When I go read the, you know, the brain journals, it's like reading the Bible. It's so wow. science always validates the scriptures. And if, if it doesn't, then we're not interpreting. Wow, that is so cool. Well, I cannot wait for that book personally because that sounds absolutely amazing. And I started noticing that a little bit just in reading where, um, and we actually, my mom and I just talked about this on a podcast recently because we were talking about Brene Brown's book, which I love her book. And um, I think it was Dare to Lead maybe that. No, I think it was the one, what's the, what's the main one? Oh man, I can't I can't think of it off the top of my head, but you know, her book that's all about shame and it she did the TED talk that was massive about it. And she has this quote and it's talking about how like gratitude defeats fear and this whole thing about gratitude defeating fear. And I thought that is so good. And then one day I was reading the Bible and it talks about, you know, bringing your anxiety to the Lord. This is like with Thanksgiving and all this stuff. And I was like, man, that is like the same thing. Like, you know, like bringing. How about that? Yeah, like it's crazy. And so it is so cool where you hear these things and it's like, wow, that's so good. And then you're in the Bible and you're like, this is exactly what it says. Like, I love that, that the creator knows the brain. He knows how we're wired because he created us. And so that is just so cool. So I just released this book, Trust, right? And so when it first comes out, which was last week um right before that you know the reviewers get it they did this review on it and they said all of these really positive things about it's practical and you know the people will find something to use and and then right in the middle of it the, the, they said and it was kind of negative they go other than the random bible verses that's in here for who knows what reason i'm not saying exact words but they kind of and so I go, you know, they, they don't get it. That's not random. It's, it's like, not random. Yeah, it's got a verse in there. For example, it says, he who listens before, or he who gives an answer for understands is a fool. Or, you know, about competencies and abilities, character, and the things that are required for trust. Every now and then I quote a verse, you know, and it's not random. Yeah, <laughs> which reasons. I think... It's so it's so crazy and so funny that that would be random because what I love about using scripture, and I don't know if that's the word they use, but but something, it was something like that. Like that. It's like what are the why are the Bible verses so random? Feeling. Why is this here? But I think that that's so cool because to me, what what that does, even in reading a book like this and seeing scripture in it, is it anchors it in like this truth that is unchanging, right? Like if because the Bible is true and God's the same God yesterday, today, forever. We we read the Bible and. We we know that this is something like it's crazy that the same thing that they said 
thousands of years ago can still be applied to us today and we still get the same results and the outcome whenever that is in our life. And I think like that's what makes me feel so much, have so much confidence in the Bible. And I find even so much confidence in living a life that's based off the Bible because I'm like, man, this has been true for a long time. And today's day, it's like, man, there's a new idea every day, you know, out on the news, a new theory, new method, a new quote unquote truth and all these things, but that'll change tomorrow and then the next week and that'll get disproven a year from now, blah, blah, blah. And so when you have rooted in scripture, it's like, man, there's a confidence to this. Like, I know that this is going to stand the test of time, that this really is leading towards life. And so I think that that's so cool. And that's what's like so encouraging that someone like you who is so wise and taking so much time to study these things and write these things is anchored in a solid faith. So I'm going to ask you a question last that I always normally ask my guests first. So we're going to do this in reverse. Uh, Typically, everyone that comes on the What's Good podcast, I always ask the question, What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? But I wanted to ask you at last because, you know, the whole point of asking this question to people who are on this podcast is y'all are people who give so much advice. Like, I have received so much advice from you without even knowing you. But I know there are probably people who speak into your life that we don't know that have been pivotal voices in your life. And so obviously it's a loaded question. It's hard to say the best piece, but what's a piece of advice that someone gave you that has really stuck out to you? Well, I can get to um, the someone part of it, but when you were saying the best piece of advice before you said person, it was actually a Bible verse. Mm. It changed my life. It's good. Um, it was, I was in college and I hit bottom. You know, I had, I had, I was an athlete and had an injury and lost my ability to play and was, had gone to college to play and I was really, really depressed and just broken up with my girlfriend, really, really depressed. And it's going, you know, and I'm sitting in my dorm and I'm going, how do you, how do you make this stuff work? How do I find what I'm supposed to do? How do you pick the right career? How am I going to make a living? How do you find the right girl? And I'm worried about all this stuff. And I hadn't, you know, I kind of had one foot in and one foot out with time up into that point. And I hadn't read my Bible since I'd been in college. It's halfway through it. This sitting in my dorm room, I'm really depressed. And I look up on the bookshelf and I see my Bible. And I don't know why, but I said, maybe there's something in there. So I go pick it up, open it up, and it just randomly falls to Matthew 6, verse 33. And it kind of literally sort of jumped out at me, and it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added to you as well. Hmm. I said, all these things, you mean all this stuff I'm worried about? Like, how do you find what you're supposed to do and right relationship and career and get undepressed? All that's going to, I'm supposed to go look for God first. I mean, it's like, really? Hmm. I mean, does he actually do anything? Hmm. I thought he was up there in the sky, but I mean, but really? Hmm. And so I put it down, I walked across campus and I went to an empty church and I said, I don't know if you're there or not, but if you do, I really need 
and nothing happened. I remember it was the loneliest moment ever because I jumped out of the plane and the shoot didn't over. Right? Where's God? I thought I'd get zapped like on TV. Or <laughs> nothing happened. So I'm like, you know, call me. <laughs> well, I go back to my dorm room and the phone rings. It's a fraternity brother of mine. He says, I don't know why I'm thinking of you right now to invite you. You're the last person I would think of, but we're starting to bottle stuff. Sure, yeah. Went to invite you. And that's where it all started. And the advice there was, look, whatever we're trying to figure out, seek God first. Mm. And all that stuff will get added because we got to be going down a road where all that stuff lives. That's great. <laughs> and we're going down a road where good relationships don't live in that direction. You know, fulfilling purpose and career, uh, being undepressed, doesn't live in that direction. So mm. he's going to guide it. And that's by far the best piece of advice. That's great. I love oh, that God. so much. That's so cool because it is so true. Like to when you hear these answers that, people like yourself give, you really can see that that advice led them down the path that they're on. And I just think that's amazing. And thank you for sharing that. Well, I am so excited for people to hear this podcast. For everyone listening, don't forget to go get your copy of Trust today. If can you are, hold it up again there? Yes, hold it up. It's Here. an awesome cover. So I, I hate I took I gotta my read cover the subtitle. Off. I got to read the subtitle because that's where people are going to see where they are. It's about trust, but it says, when do you give it? When's it safe to trust somebody? What do I need to look for? When to withhold it? If I'm seeing this, then I should withhold it. How do we earn it? Because the only way we're going to have good relationships is we're earning in those relationships. And the fourth one is how to fix it when it gets broke. Because a lot of people are going through betrayals or somebody's let them down. And they got to figure out, is this worth saving or not? Do I walk? Yeah. Or do I take the next step? And there's a process to figure that out so you're not flying That's great. Gosh, it's so good. I know the subtitle is so great. The whole book is amazing. It's a must read for everybody. It'll help you through so many different things in life, whether uh, you've already gone through some reasons to not trust people or whether you're, you're walking into a season where you're like, how, how do I even know when to give it? How do I even know how to do all these things? It's an incredible book that I know you guys are going to love and learn so much from. At the same time, like I mentioned, he has so many other books as well. So if you're just not getting started on the journey of reading Dr. Henry Cloud, you have a lot to look forward to. But thank you so much for taking the time, not only to be on this podcast and invest in uh, all of our listeners, but also to write these incredible books. I look forward to the next book and all the things that you're working towards and just really appreciate appreciate you and the work that you do well likewise keep being a good voice out there and i know you will thank you so much